Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barra, and joining me today is Wes, who is going to tell us a very confusing story on the... Spanish Civil War. Spanish Civil War. Very, very, very confusing. I've taught it in the past and probably didn't even understand it then. Still don't understand it now, so that means my students probably definitely didn't understand it. Um, if, I, if you're at home, take out a piece of paper and a pencil and take some notes, because there's a whole bunch of different factions Try. and doing things and... No one knows what they're Try doing. Try and keep track of what's going on. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's insane. So, so there's the Spanish Civil War. It was a civil war fought in Spain between 1936 and 1939 between the two main factions of the Republicans and the Nationalists. This Republican faction consisted of communists, socialists, separatists, anarchists, and Republicans. It, they they all sort of banded together once um, the uh, Wait, national- say that list again. <laughs> Socialists, uh, communists, socialists, separatists, anarchists, and republicans. That's quite the group. That is quite the group. That'd be quite the party. Yeah. But it's also really weird saying that fascists and communists despise each other. Yeah. All right. Whatever. That's why it's so confusing. And um, so they were loyal to the current government, the Second Spanish Republic, and its prime minister. And the nationalists were an alliance of fangalists, monarchists, conservatives, and traditionalists led by a military junta, which is the like a conglomeration of uh, Spanish generals. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, and just here's like a, here's like a pre, a pre, I'm, before I get into the Civil War, just like some, so due to international politics of the time, the Civil War is, is, I think it's confusing because like you see it as a class struggle, depending on if you're a poor Spanish person. And you see it as a religious struggle if you're a religious Spanish person. And you see it as a struggle between dictatorship and Republican democracy because it's a, it, you're fighting Franco, who becomes a dictator, versus prime ministers. Okay, that's why it's so confusing. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm already lost, but keep on going. And then you know there's just a thing between fascism and communism. communism. But they're on the same side. Kind of. But Franco will become a fascist. Yes. But he is a monarchist. Yes. And the fascists are fighting for the Republicans. Technically. Even though fascists don't believe in a republic at all. Yes. Either do communists. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, So according to the U.S. ambassador to Spain during the Civil War, uh, it was a dress rehearsal of World War II, just devastation and whatnot. And also the fact that Hitler and Mussolini gave Franco a bunch of air support. Yes. Um, so if you don't know, 1930s, after World War I, Germany has to disband their military. That's part of the Treaty of Versailles. Um, and during the 30s, Hitler, once he comes to power in 32, he's going to start secretly rebuilding the German military. Well, he needs somewhere for his men to practice. And so spain is going to be that practice ground or proving ground for his new luftwaffe which is his air force and the army yeah so we have some fun going on there Mm. Uh, the war began after a declaration of revolt by the spanish republican armed forces against the republican government who was at that time controlled by a coalition of communist and socialist parties led by uh the president manuel azana so this is the republican faction They've got, a, there's a coalition of communists and socialists. 
And so these people are currently in charge of Spain. Yes. Okay. So it may also be helpful to know that in the 1930s, you see a massive rise in popularity of communism and fascism, especially in Europe. Um, you even start, you even see it within the United States. Uh, there's a, an American Communist Party that and starts American. getting a little bit more popular. Isn't there a big American Nazi party. There's a big American Nazi party too, and big part of this is because of the Great Depression. Basically, countries in Europe, countries in the United States are so economically depressed that when you see when you see um, extremely tough times occurring within the country, a lot of times that becomes a breeding ground for extremism. Yeah. So uh, for the nationalist side, General Emilio Mola was the planner and leader. He, he, was, the, he was the behind the scenes guy. And the figurehead was General Jose Sanjiro. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, so he was the figurehead of the role. So basically, if everything went wrong on the first day of the revolt, um, he was the scapegoat. Oh, yeah. Quite, um, quite the gig to have. Yeah. You will be the first one executed as a traitor. <laughs> yeah. The, the nationalist group uh, was supported by a number of conservative groups, including CEDA, uh, C-E-D-A. Uh, it's a Catholic political party in Spain. Uh, monarchists, including the um, Alfonsists. They wanted the restoration of Alfonso the 13th. And uh, the religious conservative Carlists, who want a different royal, royal but they don't want Alfonso. But they Carlos? Want, yeah, they want... They want uh, a guy descended from Carl. Okay. Um, so they can't even agree on what monarch they want. Yes, but they're right now allied because they... They just want a monarch. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then a fascist political party, uh, whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce, um, Falange Española de las Johns. It's a, it's a... it's a There was no English translation. Okay. <laughs> Los means the... Yeah. I know that much. <laughs> That's all I got. That's why I got C's in Spanish class. <laughs> um, so after, so, uh, so after, so how Franco came to power is the other two died, and we'll get to that in a minute. San, Sanjiro and Mola died. Like, like, air quotes died? Like. No, they, 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 they're dead. Like, did they, like, is it like. I fell out of a window in Russia uh, it, dead, or it is was it like, like I so, actually died so of the first causes? one. So Mola, he. Um, so the first, the first guy, San Giorgio, he died. <laughs> he died um, in a plane crash, which would have been weird. But what's even weirder that about a year later, in another mysterious plane crash, Mola died. So, so you know, either either the, either the uh, planes were bad, which is which is it's a, it's a it's problem. Bad. I mean, it, I mean, there's it can happen. I mean, it is the 1930s. Aviation is still somewhat young, or it could just be like they fell out of a window. Yeah. Um, so the the coup was supported by military units. Uh, I'm going to start naming a lot of Spanish cities, so bear with me. In Morocco, Pamplona, Burgos, Zaragoza, Valladolid, Cadiz, Cordoba, and Seville. So, but however, rebelling units in almost all the important cities, Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia, Bilbao, and Malaga, did not gain control because of the large Republican um, presence in those, the, the bigger cities. All right, so the outskirts are monarchists. Yes. The big cities are Republicans. Yes. Okay. So basically, 
uh, it left Spain divided. So if you imagine a Y and you put it on top of Spain, that's what it looks like right now. If you looked at a faction map, they've got so there's so so in the in the Y, the Y is going to be the nationalists, uh, and then on top of the Y, in that little that little uh, negative space, mm-hmm. that's Republican, top of Spain, north of Spain, and then to the right of the Y is also Republican. Okay. So that's what that's what that's what the control of Spain looks like right now. A Y. A Y. Okay. Um, and so, uh, like we said before, the nationalist forces received munitions, soldiers, and air support from fascist Italy and Nazi Germany, while the Republican side uh, received support from the Soviet Union and Mexico. I don't know why Mexico got involved, but Mexico right, got so involved. Remember, so, once again, Republicans are communist, fascist, Communist socialists. And then, I think there's fascists too, but I think there's fascists on both sides. Oh, yeah. Because there's the political parties, because it's really is a, a political group war. Like all the political groups decided to form coalitions and fight each other. Okay. Um, and so flow chart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in 1936, uh, this is the this is the year San Giro died. San Giorgio. Uh, he died in a plane crash, which gave Franco control of the south and Mola control of the north. Um. Mola is the is the guy behind it all the this planner and whatnot and the brains Giro, yeah and San was the, the was the figurehead and okay he, he just died in a plane crash giving Franco control of the south all right so Franco becomes figurehead kinda yeah okay so he like he's like he's playing it up like uh so uh Franco. So a rebel campaign ordered by Mola cut off the Republicans in the north of Spain. So there was a, this little gap above the Y oh, yeah. on the right side that, that connected that connected the Republicans to each other and France. And Mola ordered a campaign and they just they closed off the border and trapped all the Republicans in that top of the Y. Oh yeah. Uh, from getting to France or their allies in the east. Um, and uh, the Republic uh, proved ineffective militarily, um, relying on disorganized revolutionary militias because, you know, that goes well. Militias. If you know anything about U.S. history, our <laughs> militias were Awful. a something. Just a bunch of drunk farmers. Hanging out. Hanging out for the most part, yep. Um, uh, the Republican government under Geralt, the, the president or prime minister, okay. uh, they resigned. You're just like I'm done. Yep, they they reside, um, unable to cope with the situation, and replaced by a socialist organization under Francisco Largo Cabrillo. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Cabrillo's now in charge of the Republicans. Yes. All right. Who are being backed by the Soviets and, and the Mexicans. Mexicans. Yes. Okay. Um, and the the new leadership uh, actually did good for the Republicans as it unified the central command of the Republican uh, in the Republican zone, and uh, the civilian militias were just often simply militia, uh, civilians armed with whatever was available, so they fared poorly in combat. So, um, and and this is just uh, Franco was in charge of an army of Africa, Spain's army of Africa, because you know they wanted to do that. Um, and so, and they had that, that, so that army of Africa, Spain's army of Africa was outfitted with modern weapons. 
because they had to, you know, conquer Africa. Uh, and uh, that's how Franco rapidly advanced because he had all the new stuff and all the people he was fighting so had what they found in their tool shed back, out back. Did he bring that in the Spain? Yes. The Army of Africa? Yes. Okay. So that's how Franco was doing so well because he had a bunch of modern stuff. That would help. And everybody else had stuff they found in their shed. That would help. You're what you you're about to see that real time. Yeah. In Ukraine. Because <laughs> from my understanding, the three hundred thousand new recruits aren't they're they're not they're, armed. They're I I saw this video uh, that that I think it was Russian recruits and they just had this this AK forty seven that was like moldy and falling and, and apart. completely rusty yeah those those were the good ones those were the good AK-47s? those were the good weapons <laughs> i saw other images of them going to the front lines with melozny garrets which were bold action rifles from world war one did they raid a museum they must have raided the museum i said it would happen he did um so uh so the nationalists uh, they won several more times in 1936 and started a siege of Madrid uh, after failing to capture it. Um, so the Royalists are now trying to take Madrid. Y- yes. We're technically one of, part of part of their forces are trying to take is, Madrid. Is there still a Royal family at this point? Kind of like England. I think Alfonso at the day. No, or then. In, during this time period. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alfonso. So so there is still like a king present. They just don't have any power. Uh, yes, but he's hiding in Portuguese because the Republicans don't like okay. Portugal. Portugal. So, so technically he should be in Madrid because that's where the Royal Palace is, yes. but he's in exile in Portugal. Yes. Okay. Um, so he tried to track Madrid again in 1937 and failed again. Um, so he just sort of encircled it. And uh, resorted to air bombardment for the for the remainder of the war, just you know, trying to wear him down. And so he focused elsewhere, uh, for the most part. Um, uh, so the only significant defeat for Franco was the Battle of Guadalajara, um, and it was it was a significant defeat for Franco and his armies. It was the only publicized Republican victory of the war. Um, Franco used um, Italian troops and. Uh, Blitzkrieg tactics, and the, the Republicans just pushed them back. It was it was a it wasn't a it wasn't a well planned out thing. I don't know how it happened. Like, there's I, not this much information on this battle. I got an idea how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Italians weren't the greatest of fighters in this era. That's probably that's probably it. Yeah. Um, and as Rama will find out in 1942. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so strategists blamed Franco, um, but the Germans who were like looking at all this, uh, just said it was, uh, it was the Italian troops fault. Told you Mussolini. Yeah. 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 Um, and so in 1937, uh, it saw infighting among the Republican groups in Catalonia and Catalonia is that top part just below, uh, France. That's not controlled by, um, the Y that is nationalists for those of you listening at home that would be where barcelona is yes so the south or north southwest corner of spain northwest corner of spain it i i i yeah i had to look up a map of spain while i was doing this okay yeah um and the dispute was uh 
between an ultimately victorious uh, government, the communist forces, and the anarchist CNT. So anarchists versus communists was the infighting happening in Catalonia. Um, uh, the communists won, and and the disturbance was was the the nationalists were happy about it, but they didn't take advantage of the fact that they were infighting and they could have like totally gone in and beaten them up. Um, and uh, after the so the fall after the fall of Guernica, which was this little um, this little city uh, on in north in north uh, Spain. Uh, they were completely cut off from any any hope of getting back to France. Uh, and the, it, it, it only um, made Franco... Uh, wait, so let me go back. So Guernica, little city mm-hmm. north of France, or north of Spain. And, um, and and the Republican government began to fight back with increasing effectiveness, but it only slowed down Franco for two weeks uh, because he beat them back after at uh, after they tried to capture Segoba, but uh, which but they, he was just trying to basically he the he was trying to capture the biggest city up north, Bilboa, which is I think is kind of in the center. Because if he got if he gets that torn north bit, then he can focus all his troops down on the east bit. So, um, so he only it only delayed his advance for like two weeks. Their new fighting effectiveness. Okay, that's basically what you needed to know, get from that. Um, and at Guernica, um, infamously, that's where the Germans are going to test their bombers. Yes, they just lay waste to the city. Um, and uh, so this is when Mola dies, in a plane crash. Yeah, and he somehow um, Franco uh, twisted things so Mola became his second in command. By this point. Okay. So he died in a plane crash. Yeah. Okay. So, you plane know. Plane crash. Okay. Fun times. Plane crash. Um, and by the end of 1937, Franco had won the North, which is what he was doing with Bil- Bil- Bilbao and mm-hmm. all that stuff in Guernica. Um, and uh, with a with a Santona agreement, uh, which he just, he basically agreed the political groups to fighting up there, that uh, they were done. Um. And so, at the year's end, uh, with Franco's troops troops closing in on uh, Valencia, which is so now we're down in the southeast bit of Spain. Okay, that's I think that's down on that coast. Um, the government uh, moved again, but they moved to Barcelona, which I think it was because they wanted to be closer to France if they had to run. I think that's the plan there. Um, so. And so the so in 1938 now, the Battle of Terrell, which is in the east, uh, down, sort of in between Barcelona and um, Barcelona and uh, Valencia. Yeah, Valencia. Okay. That's, uh, so it was an important confrontation. The city, which had uh, formerly belonged to the Nationalists, was conquered by the Republicans in January. Um, the Francois troops. Francisco's troops launched uh, an offensive and recovered the city, but Franco uh, was forced to rely heavily on German and Italian air support because, you know, uh, he didn't have any. Um, and so they launched this, this Aragon offensive, and uh, 
And by April, they had pushed all the way through Spain to the Mediterranean, basically coming off their, their sort of Y shape, which was now sort of like a pillar to uh, cut Barcelona and Catalonia off from the Southern Southeastern Republican forces. Okay. So he just split, split Spain's forces in half again. Um, uh, the Republican uh, government attempted to sue for peace in May um, of that year, but Franco demanded an unconditional surrender. Um, so the war raged on. Uh, the Republicans attempted to break this this division in their lines um, and rejoin their southern force because they're they're now stuck in Barcelona mm -hmm. in command, um, and it was unsuccessful. And and the troops, the Republican troops' morale was um, undermined by the Munich Agreement um, because they the Republicans were basically hoping that they would um, they had they would get an anti-fascist alliance with uh, Western powers, and uh, they. They decided that wasn't going to happen when the UK made a deal with Hitler. Yeah. So if you don't know what the Munich Agreement was, um, Hitler takes the Sudetenland, which was part of Czechoslovakia at that point, England, Germany have a meeting. And basically, this is the final layer of appeasement where um, Neville Chamberlain, who is the prime minister of England, says, All right, you can have the Sudetenland, but if you do anything else, we're going to declare war on you. And then he goes back to England and says, I have just maintained peace in Europe for the next hundred years. It was more like two months. All right. So this is what you're seeing is the, the World War II is quickly coming upon Europe. Yeah. And what I think is probably going on in Spain is England and France are probably more concerned about what's going on there. in the West yeah. than what's going on in Spain. They're, they, the England, the UK, and France don't um, don't want to get involved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so eight days before the New Year of 1939, uh, Franco threw <clears throat> a, a bunch of his guys into uh, an invasion of Catalonia uh, because now he had it surrounded. Mm -hmm. And um, Barcelona soon fell because you know the Republicans were pretty incompetent, and Franco had way more guys. Um, and the UK and France recognized the Franco regime like that, even though he technically hadn't got the entire, had the entirety mm -hmm. of Spain under his control because he still didn't have Madrid, which was really the important city to have. Is this also kind of a, the, do you think it's kind of the thing of like, I mean, you saw it in Germany and you actually saw it with how England and France dealt with Germany that they saw Hitler, who was a fascist as a better option than a communist. Yes. All right, so that's the same thing. Like, so since the Republicans, there's communists within that the, Republican group yeah, that they, they see they didn't Franco want as a better option than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so only Madrid and a few other strongholds remained for the Republican forces. Um, and on the 5th of March, 1939, the Republican army rose against Prime Minister Juan Negrin, who was in charge of the Republican uh, forces. And uh, they formed a National Defense Council to negotiate a peace deal. Um, basically, Franco said no again. Uh, and the, there was more infighting within the Republicans. Um, the communist, communist troops decided to fight this 
this National Defense Council that was formed, um, and then these communists lost instead of the last time when the communists won. Okay. Uh, and then the they began peace negotiations, and Franco said no, with anything less than unconditional surrender. It's like unconditional surrender, grand, except uh, nobody ever accepts his terms. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm starting to give dates here because the war really ends in like March. Oh yeah. Uh, so on the 26th of March, the Nationalists started a general offensive, and on the 28th, the Nationalists occupied Madrid because uh, the Republicans had basically given up at this point. Um, and by the 31st of March, they controlled all Spanish territory, and Franco proclaimed victory in a radio speech aired on the 1st of April, uh, when the last of the Republican forces in Spain surrendered. So after they took Madrid, it was like a domino. All the other people fell right. because so that was the last hole. April 1939. April 1939. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm going to wrap it all up with uh, Franco harshly dealing with all of these guys that didn't like him. So he dealt, he harshly dealt with anyone who opposed him, and thousands of Republicans were imprisoned and at least 30,000 executed. Sounds about right for a fascist. Yeah. Uh, Eller estimates of these deaths range from 50,000 to 200,000. Spain doesn't have very good records. They're still trying to count how many people died during the um, Spanish Civil War. Okay. Um, depending on which deaths are included is their, what their total comes to. Um, uh, many, many others were put to forced labor, uh, building railways, draining swamps, and digging canals. Um, hundreds of thousands of them fled abroad. Uh, with some 500,000 fleeing to France. Um, there was a group of about 17,000 of these refugees who couldn't find um, people to take them in, uh, who were, so France was in control of uh, the Nazis by this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were captured by Nazi France, and they, Nazi France made a deal with Franco to send them back. And Franco, so Franco took them back, arrested them, and then sent them to the Nazi Spain, uh, not Nazi Germany, and uh, they uh, about five thousand of them died in a concentration camp. Because, yeah, fascism, fascism, yep. and uh, <clears throat> that's that's I figure all you need to know about the Spanish Civil War. So um, I went to Spain a couple years ago, and when I was in Madrid. You see a lot of Spanish flags hanging from the apartments and stuff, but you see two different Spanish flags. This is this is something that still isn't really resolved. Um, I don't think it, because I, I asked the, the tour person, I said, why do you see some Spanish flags with the seal on it? And why do you see some without them? They said, because the ones with the seal on it are monarchist and yeah. the ones that don't have the seal are anti-monarchist or Republicans. Yeah. So there's still there's still there's still there's a lot still of a lot of that on. stripe going on there. And then they also said that when Franco died in, in the 1970s, that um, half the, they said like millions of people came out to his funeral. They said yeah. half the people were there to pay the respects, the other half were to see just to make sure he was dead. Yeah. I mean, then that just kind of shows the split that was still in the nation at that point where half the people ter were terrified and hated the man, while the other half held him in high regard. Yeah. Uh, he... He though he did hold a, hold up to his word. He didn't get succeeded by another dictator. Uh, Juan the Second, I believe, succeeded him, and uh, they had a king again. Uh, I think they now have a prime minister. 
still. I think it, it kind of follows like the English model. They yeah, have think, a monarchy, the, but they don't. Really, I think they're that's more just figureheads. Yeah. yeah. And their palace is in Madrid. Yeah. You can go visit it if you really want to. Spain's well, nice. Well, thank you for telling us about the Spanish Civil War and all its confusion. I'm <laughs> still welcome. confused. I'm still confused. It's still a very confusing thing. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening and uh, tune in next week. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.